Hello and welcome to another episode of Best Picture Rewind, the special series here on Oscar Central in which Lex and I are discussing previous Best Picture winners during the Oscars offseason. And today we're discussing a film that both Lex and I have seen before, I think one of the better Best Picture winners, and that is 12 Years a Slave. How are you doing, Lex? I'm fantastic. Um, excited to talk about a movie that is not Crash or Out of Africa, so... Okay, truly, like, I think on the first episode, whenever we talked about just sort of, like, Best Picture winners that we like and stuff, this is one that came up for both of us as, like, a good Best Picture winner, so it's nice to get to talk about it, especially after Out of Africa. (laughs) But, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, and if you don't, like, how, but this is the 2013 biopic film of Solomon Northup. It's directed by Steve McQueen with a screenplay by John Ridley. It is based on the 1853 slave memoir, 12 Years a Slave by Solomon Northup. Uh, it is about a free Black man uh, in who was living in the North of the United States who was kidnapped and sold into slavery in 1841 and lived on a series of plantations for 12 years, hence the title before he uh, was able to reach freedom again. And it stars Chiwetel Ejiofor, Michael Fassbender, Benedict Cumberbatch, Paul Dano, Paul Giamatti, Scoot McNary, Lupita Nyong'o, Sarah Paulson, Brad Pitt, Alfre Woodard. Like, the this has an insane, never-ending list of cast members. Uh, it was shot largely on plantations um, in the New Orleans, Louisiana area, which is um, around the location that uh, Solomon Northup lived when he was enslaved, and it received widely positive reviews from critics, and it earned $187 million on a budget of $22 million, which is kind of insane. Um, so yeah, I mean, what, had you seen this? I know that you'd seen it before, like, did you see it when it came out, or later, or what's your experience with this movie? I would have seen it, like, not, not when it came out, um, mm-hmm. but, like, shortly after, um, like, I really wish I had a better story than yeah. <laughs> um, I know it's embarrassing. In in winter 2014, okay, our college had a very oh. winter storm. Yeah. And I literally slept in the library um, yeah. because there was no power at my dorm room. And so I needed a thing to watch. And my friend Tori um was like have you seen Sherlock and I was like no and then I watched all of Sherlock and was like dear god I must watch everything Benedict Cumberbatch is in and this had just come out and so I rented that for Benedict Cumberbatch I wish I had a better story but that is I know that's actually kind of an iconic story yep um, um this was also this was also right after it, I remember the Oscars the year this won mm-hmm. that was he photobombed you two on the red carpet and I was like oh yeah um, and this was also yep. the Oscars that, uh, that infamous selfie was It taken. is the selfie. And we were like, yeah. oh my God, this is amazing. And then 10 years later, we're like, who are any of these people? Okay. Or it's like, oh, like the Oh, that person's in it. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, I didn't see this when it came out and I literally am like not sure why other than like college. Um, but I know I watched it a few years ago for the first time because we were doing like a retrospective on it at Next Best Picture, um, which I used to be a part of, and I was like really blown away by it. But this was my first time watching it since I took a class last year on slave trades in the Americas. Um, and this was my first time like seeing it since 
really studying like American slavery in depth. Um, and it is like, I have to start by saying that historians widely agree that this film is like the best depiction of slavery that's ever been put on film and the most realistic um, about sort of the horrors of slavery. And I think that part of that is how like well it does at framing that like, there's all these physical aspects, obviously, of slavery and like the, you know, work aspects and and whatever. But like, the fact that the the sexual violence and the violence in separating families is like really intrinsic to the horrors of slavery. And I think they do a really good job with the depiction of that. Um, I think this is like, one of the hardest best picture winners to watch. It is a deeply unsettling film because it is so historically accurate and it is so well made um and the performances are all so great it's the kind of thing that I'm like okay I've watched it twice now I don't know that I ever want to see it again but because it is so good does that make sense like it's yeah no it is hard to watch and it is like definitely one of those where you know when it's like a rainy day and i got a bowl of chicken noodle soup i'm not gonna be like you know what would hit this you know what i want to see yeah whenever you're like "Mm, i need some good benedict cumberbatch content you're not gonna like yeah i'm gonna pop this on on (laughs) sherlock and not this um but i mean yeah it's it's a hard watch it's you know as a white woman i kind of am hesitant to say like in movies like this, like, oh, this is a good representation of XYZ, or because, like, it's not my story to tell, and it's yeah. not, and it's not to say that this movie is without flaws, like, right. Brad Pitt's character is the epitome of a white savior character, and I think, like, my thing with this movie is, like, if anything, if I'm going to critique the Academy for it, it's that, like, we still have to have that character, you know what I mean? Like, we can't... right. We can't have a movie of this sort of caliber without adding some sort of sense of like, yeah, but not all white people are bad. And that's, I guess, my issue with it. I mean, but that said, I do think it is a very well done movie. I think it's visually like the cinematography and production design is very pretty. Um, I am in love with Lupita Nyong'o. I will follow her anywhere. um, And she deserved the Oscar for this. Her blue dress, again, I don't want to reduce a woman to what she was wearing when she won an academy award and i never Mm. that light blue dress that she wore when she won i think about it 10 years later like she's just she's a goddess um it it, it's again of the best picture nomination or winners that we've covered so far i think i'd put this either number two or number three um Mm -hmm. I definitely, definitely like it more than I liked Out of Africa or Crack. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or, um, you know, so it's, yeah, I, I think it's good. I truly, a lot of the issues that I like might have had with this film are helped by the fact that like one, it has a black director, which I think is important, like in portraying a story like this, because I think that like, you know, I'm not one of those like, oh, stories can only be told by certain people. People in like, as an absolute but I do think with something like this you need a director who is like you know more in touch with the community that this is is needs sensitivity in depicting if that makes sense um and also the fact that like it is based on an actual man's life um and like there's actually some really interesting stuff about like 
Samuel Bass, the character that Brad Pitt plays. And I don't think they do the best job in like how they portray him in the film. In particular, like there's something about the way that they costume him that like really sets me off. Yeah. Um you know what I mean? Like it, it well, almost because it's one of those where you can tell it's like ah, Brad Pitt was this char- cast of this character. Like you know it what I mean? feels a little like Jesus figurey, which yeah. I don't love. Um, but it is based on the fact that like there was a white guy who was opposed to slavery, who was the person who finally helped Sullivan North up, like you know, get out of Louisiana. Um, and so that like lets me forgive it a little bit. There is also like there's so much weirdness around like these slave memoirs because, and this is like not to get obnoxious, this is super like Nicole the historian kicking in, but so often they were dictated to or like edited by white abolitionists who were really trying to like ensure that they were telling the story that they felt was needed to be able to further the cause of abolitionism which is like on one hand like i get it yeah like if if your your goal is good it's to end slavery but it does mean that like there's a sameness to a lot of slave memoirs where it feels like maybe things are inserted to ensure that they're giving like a full depiction of slavery even if it's not true to that person's life um so there's there's you know issues with 12 years of slave like as a a source material um but it, it is one of the like better formed ones that we have um and not as sort of like subject to question as the others it's also interesting because like in the uh, in everything that I've read, and I've read like some bits of the actual book by you know by Solomon Northam, uh, Northup, but he's a lot easier on some of these plantation owners than the movie goes, which I think is you know well done. And part of that is like the Christianity aspect of it that like you know he, in the eighteen fifties when this is being written like he's all like christian forgiveness and all this stuff and steve mcqueen is like i'm not interested in that um i'm interested in depicting how terrible enslavers were even if they're not like i think that the character that benedict cumberbatch plays is really interesting because it's kind of to show that like slavery is bad even if you're not being like michael fassbender levels of like horrific um it is an inherently evil institution like so i i think that you know from a from a historian perspective it's a really interestingly well-made depiction of slavery because it doesn't do the sort of excusing of enslavers that a lot of these things do and particularly in how sarah paulson's character plays into it because a lot of times in films before and since this women are sort of let off the hook um like white women are and that is not <laughs> what actually happened um you know like white women were also enslavers um and i think that the way that it sort of depicts her and her character is really well done um and well acted and like we love sarah paulson um i think this whole cast is like insane honestly um like you said i think lupita is the like shining star of this film other than chiwetel ejiofor um but I had kind of forgotten that Paul Dano was in this movie. I did too. And I was okay, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Paul Dano. <laughs> um, there's something about anytime Paul Dano plays like a horrifically bad 
person as a character that just is like a little bit funny to me <laughs> because it's like okay but but that's Paul Dano <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, um but yeah obviously this is one of those films that I feel like I think it's a great movie but I also feel like to recommend it to anyone is a little bit like rough because you have to know what you're going into like it is a very violent film it is a very like realistically done film like it doesn't it doesn't shy away from anything I think that's one of the best things about it but it also does mean that like you need to be in the right headspace for this movie yeah for sure um but yeah, I, I also think that like on an artistic craft level, this film is like ridiculously well made. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it is a gorgeous film. And like, yeah, cinematography, it, listen, yeah. it's, it's this dichotomy where I'm not going to be like, man, I look at that plantation. I think that's gorgeous. The like foliage and the, I think like oh, yeah. the topography of the Deep South is so gorgeous. Um. And I, I think they do live like, in the deep south, but it like I love just the look of like Louisiana, parts of Georgia, yeah. Florida, that deep. But people think when they think like that area of the south, and it's got like such a crisp and mm-hmm. it's so weird for such a film that like is dealing with such heavy subject matter. Like thematically, it looks so clean. Does yeah. that make sense? Like it's hard yeah. to describe, but well, like. It, and um, I think it does a really good job of sort of contrasting this like natural beauty of the South and this like really like crisp, clean look to it with the horror that it's depicting. And I think yeah. that that's in some ways like almost adds to it um, because you have that sort of contrast there. Um, but like, God, the production design on this and the costume design on it and it's so well edited. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I I think that like it's it's which truly... for like the costume and production design it 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 lost to Great Gatsby which like I'm sorry, um I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna give that to Great Gatsby yeah really costumes mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan's purple dress that she wears I think about it daily he's Gatsby for the first time beautiful the way like eighteen year old me was salivating yeah that dress I was like that is the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah. But no, it is very, like, a very visually beautiful film. It is, um, you know, all things considered, a very well-done film. And again, it's so well-casted. It's so well Yeah. Um, yeah. Fun I fact, remember at the time. My mom completely, yeah. kind of going in the same vein of, like, <clears throat> Lupita Nyong'o and well-casted films. Um, my mom is, does not like Marvel movies. Um, yeah. but she wanted to see Black Panther. So we all watched Black Panther. And I just think it's funny because I almost I almost feel the same way about this movie as my mom did Black Panther. Um yeah. where she was watching and she was like, God, Lupita Nyongo won the Oscar for this, right? And I was like, No, she won it for 12 years of slave. She's like, Yeah, and this. And, I was like, <laughs> no. and the entire movie, she's like, that was Lupita Nyongo's movie. And like that's kind of not quite on that level, which I still laugh about that. The way that my mom was genuinely shook that Peter Nyong'o wasn't nominated for Black Panther. I but love she was that. fantastic in Black Panther, don't get me wrong. But, like, 
it wasn't something on a very very different role than something like that but this I do have that like level of like a I mean everybody in this is fantastic um but I, I just I'm like Peter Niagara though well, yeah me- no truly I do think it's kind of funny I remember there was like a little bit of a I don't want to say like controversy because that's like stronger than what I'm trying to say but with the fact that Chiwetel Ejiofor is British yeah um and there were a lot of people who were like oh like they should have cast an American actor like you know whatever 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 um which I'm kind of I don't know I don't know how I feel about that like yeah um, because I remember it's the same controversy that happened if you remember we actually fun fact Lex and I saw Harriet together Um, and when Cynthia Erivo was cast to play Harriet Tubman, which, and that I even understand a little bit more because Harriet Tubman's, like, such a, like, prominent figure, right, in American history, where it's, like, I'm, like, okay, all y'all people who are so upset that they cast a British man to play Solomon Northup, did you know his name beforehand? (laughs) Like, yeah, well, like, um, I don't know, what gets me about Harriet is, is I was, like, Harriet, God, it's such a weirdly cast movie if you think back on it yes Cynthia Erivo's performance was incredible um it's so funny she's British and we're mad about that I'm like okay but then like Joe Alwyn's in it and he's British and he's over there god I think this is so wrong but I think of Joe Alwyn on that horse being like you belong to me mint Okay. Okay. No, Lex can it's tell not you. All right, casting choice for. I saw Joe Baldwin in that movie, and I was like, "Oh, I understand now, Taylor." Um, it was you know the period clothing on him, honestly. Uh, you know who's actually like, you know who's giving the best performance in uh Harriet? Who? Jennifer Nettles. Okay, I knew you were about to make that joke. No, the thing about I'm so Harriet- sorry. I just remember her screaming because she ran into the bedroom and saw they tied her daughter up, and I laughed out loud. Okay, the thing about Harriet is that like Cynthia Erivo perfectly cast. Joe Alwyn honestly giving a really good performance. Leslie Odom Jr. love to see him. Janelle um, Monae. Janelle Monae is Janelle so good in that Monae. movie. Like most of that movie is impeccably cast, and then Jennifer Nettles is there, and then and she's there. She's there. Like, it's literally that. Like Jennifer Nettles, you can t- I think what gets me is, like, you can see it in Jennifer Nettles' eyes. She's like, I'm going to get nominated for an Oscar. Oh, she definitely thought it was happening. And, like, no. And, like, mm, no. Like, I completely forgot about Harriet. I was just thinking about it because, I like, I feel like it's one of the main movies that depicts enslavement that's come out since 12 Years a Slave that, like, got any sort of traction and I actually I do think that like I do think that film actually does a better job than it was given credit for um in what it's depicting but I also wonder like how much it owes to 12 years a slave in a way like I think that this hopefully has sort of like cleared the way for um not a return to sort of earlier depictions of enslavement um you know (laughs) like yeah i yeah i mean pre- one day with this series we'll get around to talking about gone with the wind so. i mean well like it's just, it's so <laughs> weird because it's like i have this experience as i'm sure you probably have one similar right where it's mm-hmm. like i feel like you and i growing up in the south mm-hmm. like we're taught very we're taught a very specific way about slavery like i yep. distinctly remember God, this was a whole thing. In 11th grade, 
um, I don't remember what happened, but my schedule got flipped around. And so I had to take like some other class, like an, an, an elective at a certain time slot. Mm-hmm. And the only elective they had was civil war history. Oh my God. I did not know this about you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, oh God. listen, I'm not, again, I need to make it abundantly clear. Okay. But you, you were in Charlotte by that point. I, so. I, oh yeah. I'm sure yeah. if yeah. I'm from my home, if I was in my home state, which I'm not even going to say it on this podcast, cause I don't want to start anything. Um, yeah. it would have been very <laughs> different. But yeah. I would love to is, know how they teach it there. <laughs> I'd, I'd be curious, but and I need to make it abundantly clear. I adamantly believe, like in my heart, that I can educate myself on as much as I can, and I do seek to try. I'm never going to fully understand because it just, no matter what I learn, no matter what I read, it is yeah. not my experience, and it never will be. And I completely like understand that. And so when I get into the story, I need to make that clear that like I was not trying to like be some sort of white savior or anything. But the yeah. only time I ever got in trouble at school, oh, in like real trouble, yeah, um, we were doing the Civil War class, and my oh, teacher God. was this like white Southern good old boy, and he, we spent an entire, we had to write a paper on why like not all slave owners were that bad, and how a lot of slaves were treated like members of the family, and. I wrote, I'm like, I don't think it really matters if they were treated like part of the family. They were still part, they were still treated like property. It doesn't matter if like these slave owners weren't beating the shit out of their slaves. They were still their property. And that's not right. We're not supposed to look at people as property. I failed the paper and had to rewrite it. And I got so mad that I like went toe to toe with my teacher. So like, that is like, that's the, you know, with like very like, and I, I don't know. We could dissect on why that is till the cows come home. Did you ever in school hear it referred to as the war between the states? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was the other. <laughs> that was the other crux of the class. Was like, no, no, no. The the war wasn't about slavery. It yep. was about uh, it was about slave rights or not slave rights, a uh, states' rights. And yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, and that's there's a level to it, sure, but like. Yeah. what started it was the states rights and slavery well and it's so, also it's like okay yeah it's about states rights states rights to have slavery slavery yeah and so <laughs> it's just like this whole so like that was you know and i knew even then right um and again i'm not trying to come across as like i was this woke white kid it's not like that at all it's i knew that like no matter how you want to phrase it i'm like yeah, yeah. but it just still isn't right to own people that's it's- not it's really interesting I look at like something like that and I look at like what my early exposures were right like I also distinctly remember when um I rode Splash Mountain for the first time (laughs) yeah asking my dad like what movie that was because I was like I don't know any of these characters like what's this movie and my dad's like oh it's Song of the South and I was like why well can we get a blockbuster instead of Geppetto um, yeah. <laughs> and he was like no you can't rent it at blockbuster because it was banned for being too racist and yeah. i remember being like how how was that like this cartoon rabbit like how was that and so yep. i went once kind of like the internet like became like more widely accessible yep. i like started looking into it and i even then like i'm not going to say like and then at nine years old was like oh i see but like yeah. i kind of studied i love i love learning about like early 
Disney. Um, yeah. I know yeah. a lot about early Disney. And what I think is so interesting about like something like Song of the South is Disney straight up called the double NACP. <laughs> he was like, hey, what can I do to make this a more accurate, historically accurate representation of slavery? And the NAACP is like, oh, my God, that's amazing that you want to, like, consult with us on that. We'll send you somebody over um, to, like, help, um, you know, kind of consult. And the guy kept saying, like, what you can't have is you can't make it seem like slavery wasn't really that bad. That, like, the slaves were happy. And, dear God, do not have them singing gospel songs while picking cotton. And Disney's like, got it. Slavery wasn't that bad. The slaves were happy and we're going to include a scene where they're singing gospel songs while picking cotton. This like consultant literally gets fired from Song of the South. Oh, Jesus. And then um, the actor who played Uncle Remus, his name escapes me at the moment, uh, won an Oscar for his role, but he couldn't go to the movie premiere or the Oscars because they had the movie premiere in Atlanta, which still had segregated theaters. And he wasn't allowed in the Oscars. So it's just like, you look at something like that's, and then you got on the wind. And so I do think kind of the progression of like there to here, it is like very interesting that like now we don't have a movie where like we have slaves singing gospel songs on the plantation while they're picking cotton. And it's like, and we shouldn't because that's not. Because we don't make these kind of movies to, like, make white people feel better of, like, oh, we weren't that bad. It's like, well, no, it's yeah. There's the truth and then there's what is, right? And so I think in that regard, to, like, bring this all back on my little side tangent is, like, <laughs> I think there are some, like, we're moving away towards that depiction because I think for so long that particularly growing up in the South, like, that's the depiction we get often. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, um, and it's, you know, what you were saying is really interesting because I have been working at a historic site that was a plantation for, I mean, about nine months now. Um, and one thing that's really interesting is whenever we talk to like little kids about slavery, like they get it, like even like four or five-year-olds understand injustice when they hear it. Like, and it's, it's not until they're sort of like socialized into, the whole idea that like slavery wasn't that bad that they start to have those ideas about it um and just sort of seeing that has made me think you know and 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 you know there are people who use things like 12 years of slave as their sort of like cultural touchstone for it and i think that's like part of this film's importance is that this film does not beat around the bush about the horrors of slavery um and or about the fact that like slavery is inherently bad no matter like how quote-unquote well or not well the the enslaver is treating the enslaved people um and I think that's honestly useful because like for a wider audience to see um particularly and this might sound funny but like particularly for a white audience to see because but it's because they're the ones who have these misconceptions about slavery you know um like we nobody needs to be telling black people that slavery was bad like they know Uh, um whereas white people sometimes need to hear that and i think that like 
movies like this can sort of subtly shift people's um, ideas about about what slavery was and everything. And like, no, it's not going to like fix the like hard red racist, but like, you know, there's, there's people who simply weren't taught in schools um, about the realities of it. And, and something like this can sort of help fix these, these, you know, I was going to say misconceptions, but it's, it's just like lies that they were taught. Um, but yeah, now that I've gone on my like historian rant, um, as far as the Oscars go, uh, this film was eligible for the 86th Academy Awards, which were hosted by Ellen. Um, as we said, it's it's the year of the selfie. Um, and it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, and Best Production Design. It won Best Picture, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, it had nine nominations that year. American Hustle and Gravity both had ten. Uh, Gravity won, let me make sure I have this right. Yeah, Okay, I was Gravity won seven awards. Dallas Buyers Club and Twelve Years a Slave both won three. Frozen and The Great Gatsby both won two. Um, so this is definitely one of those years where I'm like, yeah, I. If you ask me, the film that should have won actually won, which is like exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking at the best <clears throat> picture nominations in particular like I definitely mm -hmm. would have given it to 12 years a slave even though I do love her Same. I wouldn't give it to her over 12 years a slave but I just gotta exactly like, looking at this nomination it's a kind of a weak year um yeah like American Hustle listen I am no David O. Russell supporter I am no David O. Russell yeah. this was before that controversy happened all in all, American Hustle is actually a pretty decent film, though I don't know if I like the movie as much as I like the vibes. Um, yeah. As someone who, like, sincerely believes she was meant to be a disco queen. Um, <laughs> Captain Phillips was, like, fine. Dollars Buyers Club was not a fan. Gravity, fine. Her, really good. Great film. Not seen Nebraska. I've, I've seen Philomena, but I don't I remember. Actually, I love Philomena. Philomena is um, also fascinating because it... it like at first glance is is just this sort of like mom movie but it actually has to do with like the way that women in ireland who got pregnant outside of wedlock were treated um yeah no i know i've seen it it's just like it was a long yeah. time ago so i don't really remember it um but like wolf of wall street i cannot yeah. tell you how happy i am that wolf of wall street didn't win best picture i would have <laughs> in 2013 i actually probably wouldn't happy about it but in 2023 i'm like no uh, no, in 2013, I would have been annoyed about it already because, you, I mean, you also, for those listening who don't know, Lex and I went to the same college. Do you remember how obnoxious the film major dudes were about that movie? Oh, my sorority, our theme for the Greek Week dance that year was oh, no. Wall Street. Oh, my God. I just, the amount of men who tried to explain to me why that movie is, like, the greatest movie ever. Um made me hate it so much i mean i already didn't like the movie but like i don't yeah. like that movie. i will say the scene where he's on quaaludes makes me laugh every time that's a great okay movie. true true it's, One it's great not without it in a bad movie it's not without its you know good aspects but i just well, i'm so glad i didn't win best picture i would have yeah, given I, um best director to steve mcqueen over alfonso Cuaron. same i'm also like not a big alfonso Cuaron 
fan. I don't like hate his win, but I would have given it to Steve McQueen. Now, I would have also given um, Chewy Gio for uh, Best Actor over Matthew McConaughey. I'm sorry. I would have. Okay. Would have. B- by a landslide. By, like, by I, a I think that's the worst thing that this film lost in my eyes is losing Chiwetel Ejiofor, which should have been his Oscar. Because also, I don't know. I just get really annoyed whenever I feel like, I'm not saying that Matthew McConaughey doesn't do like good work in Dallas Buyers Club, but it feels very much one of those, like, we're going to give you an award because you did a physical transformation. Yeah. Which I'm like, I don't think we should be giving awards based on that alone. Like, Yeah. And this was coming right after like the year that, and Hathaway won for Lame yep. where I feel like it's the same thing. Yep. Um, yeah. I um, 10 minutes and it's like, okay, you looked like a dying woman and you sang a little ballad. Here you go. Yeah. I will say I don't like one of the few awards. I don't have an issue with him being nominated, but I am kind of glad that Michael Fassbender didn't win. It's a fine performance and obviously i would rather him have one over jared leto but i also would rather jonah hill have one for wolf of wall street over jared freaking leto that's but fair like, but like it's not i would even give it to bradley cooper for american hustle same and then he could be oscar winner bradley cooper and not oscar loser bradley cooper right. um but like michael fassbender is not the person who should be getting an award for this movie you know what i mean no absolutely not if there's yeah. any I can give it to freaking Benedict Cumberbatch over right? And that's not even me being a Benedict Cumberbatch girly. Like, I think... I think what I he's doing is more complicated. It is like, more complicated. Um, I'm so happy that Lupita Nyong'o won for... Yeah, Lupita Nyong'o, chef's kiss, no notes. Um, though, I don't like Blue Jasmine. Yeah. I love Sally Hawkins' performance in Blue Jasmine. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Is that's it fair. over Lupita Nyong'o? Never, 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 never. Mm-hmm. But I just had to shout that out. Of like, if can not- I say that her and Twelve Years a Slave as the screenplay winners for this year is incredible? Like show stopping, never been done before. <laughs> like, that, yeah, what a great pair of screenplay wins. That is a good. Like, it's a good lineup, right? I love her. God, I love her. Same, um, same. And that's as someone who's like not a big fan of Joaquin Phoenix, but like, God, that movie. Hits. No, I'm not a fan like, of Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and Spike Jones can be hit or miss with me. Same. But, um, God, I that love film, man. Her. That's a good movie. Um, yeah, no, looking at and again, like looking at the um nominees, though, it's like this was a weak year. Like, I'm sorry. Inevitably, like 2013 film stand 1997 is gonna come tweet us, like, look at you don't know cinema. But like it was a weak year. I my thing with 2013 is that I actually okay I'm gonna say this and then I might be wrong because I remember like like I said earlier we did a 2013 retrospective whenever I was at MVP and I feel like from what I remember it's that like it's not even that it was a weak year for movies it was a weak year at the Oscars like I feel like I remember that like was popping in 2013 right like, um, and this is not refl- like what I love. Like, I obviously know that there are some inherent problematic things to awards. And yeah. what I like oh. about them and what I like revisiting yeah. with awards is that they should, if done well, I think capture kind of where we were in a from a pop culture sense mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. time. And I don't think anything in any of these movies, save for like 
Great Gatsby and Frozen and Frozen indicative of like what pop culture was in 2013 um do you know what the greatest movie that came out in 2013 was Despicable Me 2 no Inside Lewin Davis (laughs) oh yeah that's a good one god that didn't even get like a where did that that didn't even get a best original song nomination it got I think there's something weird with the original songs in it I want to say I want to say they they ruled like only a couple of them eligible or something. I don't remember. There's I feel like I remember there being something weird with it. It got nominations. Got two. What are they for though? Cinematography, which okay, makes sense. Like iconic, beautiful, show stopping, never been done before. And I'm trying to remember what the other sound mixing, which okay. I understand why Gravity won that. Like no, the mixing nomination was for okay. Adam Driver going outer. Space. Space. Okay, listen. That scene in which they sing about outer space, funnest- I enjoyed more than gravity. <laughs> God, that um, that is my best original second, song of all time, hear Mr. Kennedy. I just like I that movie is so flipping good. I also this is nothing to do with Twelve Years of Sleep, but Harry Mulligan. Had an incredible 2013. It was a good had, year to be Carrie Mulligan in 2013. She had the great Gatsby. Gatsby and Inside Lewin Davis. Like, yeah. also the range between those two performances. Like, yeah. Jesus. Also, the great Gatsby was cheated at the Oscars. It should have like eight more Oscar nominations than it does. It was a good year to be a Leo DiCaprio too, except he didn't win. Um, um I think he should have been nominated for. He should have been nominated Gatsby for Gatsby and not Wolf of Wall Street because I, I think agree. that what he did was a lot more like nuanced work he was just being himself in football straight let's be real um he, god yeah. i still think the scene where he get, he decks nick garraway's cottage out with all those flowers and first but he's like do you think this is too much oh but, my god but then when he sits there for like five seconds and you hear i can see it in my mind like, the look on his face that like little pout and he's like I don't have all day i'm leaving like, it's so good it's so incredible Incre- it's this so- is and he what is, you know film? what, do you know what, like, and listen, I have mixed feelings on Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, do same. you know, like, the moment that, I can't say the moment, there are multiple Leo DiCaprio performances that he proves he can act, right? Yeah. But you know what he get, he got? The, the iconic line from the book that, yeah. like, you had to write essays on, where he's like, you can't repeat the past. And he's like, can't repeat the past. But of course you can. Robert Redford did not get that line. Nope. Leo DiCaprio did. The way yep. it looked in his eyes, that desperation of like, then where you're yes. like, oh, you're actually just living in a constant state of like a delusion. I'm like, God, Leo DiCaprio's performance and great. Anyways, hi, welcome to the Great Gatsby Power Hour. <laughs> 2013, okay, no, but 2013 didn't happen. Then I'm not sure my parents would currently own a dog named Gatsby. So there's that. No, the thing is that, like, so this is what I'm saying. Like, 2013 had a lot of good movies. They didn't get nominated for Oscars yeah. or they were 12 years of life. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Frozen, which got its, like, two Oscars. Not the song I would have given the best um, original song to. I would have given it What's to. the first movie? Oh, well, like, I was gonna say I would have given it to Lana Del Rey as Young and Beautiful from The Great Gatsby. Oh, I thought you meant, like, from Frozen. But also, actually, it's not the song in Frozen I would have given. Fix the award to because... 
No. I'm not I actually I think Fixer Up was the best song for the first Frozen movie. I actually think Let It Go is one of the worst songs in Frozen. It is. Um, it also does not fit Idina Menzel's voice well. No, her voice. Oh my god, wait, wait, wait. You, okay, I'm sorry. If we're revisiting the 2014 mm-hmm, Oscars, mm-hmm. my favorite mm-hmm. pop culture moment in the history yep. of ever occurred at those Oscars. And it was John Travolta messing up Del Dazim. And it's yep. what kills me about it. And sometimes when I'm like, when I'm sad, I look this up because yes, him messing it up. I I could die, I could dissect that flub. Yes, come home. Of yes. the way he tees it up, the wickedly talented. He knows what he's doing, so he yes. knows what he's talking about. Yes, one and only. And then the slight accent he uses when he goes Adele Dazim. <laughs> it's the funniest that I okay. Ten okay. years later, gonna, yeah. And I still, like, die thinking about that. Adele, I'm going to put it out there, though. I think that Love is an Open Door or For the First Time in Forever would have been better, like, Oscar wins than Let It Go. Or Fix and Her Upper. Or Fix Her Upper. No, I genuinely think any of those three songs, because I also, I do think For the First Time in Forever is maybe, the, like, if you ask me, the most impressive song in Frozen because of how it blends, like, Idina and Kristen. I, I respectfully disagree. I think that Fixer Upper is the most I can't with you right now. I can't. No, but because the thing is, like, think about it. Think about those lyrics. Like, he only no, like Tinkle in the Woods. I love yeah. Fixer Upper, but my thing is they were never going to push that as their song because it's I not know, a song that you can easily, like, perform. Whereas if they beautiful. had not pushed, like, they should have pushed for the first time in forever so that they could have had Idina and Kristen performing at everything instead of just Idina. Adina, and the thing is, apparently Adina, like, wasn't even fully aware that, like, John Travolta had flubbed her name until, like, I'm after. Dead. But, um, I think I remember hearing that in an interview. That tracks. The second thing I remember hearing, or the second thing I remember about that mm-hmm. was, first, I didn't pay attention to most of her performance, because I remember I watched these Oscars with my dad. I was home, I mm-hmm. think, like, spring break at college or something. Like, I know yeah. it was we were in college. Yeah. Um, and my dad was like whoa 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 when that happened he's like rewind that what do you say and then we were both dying for like five yep. solid minutes we kept rewinding and going the wickedly talented like <laughs> and then um and then we finally watched the performance and she her voice cracks so bad yep on that last note that yep. i cringed for her i was like you poor she- thing Okay, she didn't get through a single live performance of that without some sort of like because it's vocally a super difficult song to sing. She's belting pretty much the entire thing, and then she has to go from belting, but belting, belting, and it doesn't sit in her range well. Mm -hmm. Like, also, I'm sorry, but that song is justifying Gravity 2.0. Like, but like (laughs) worse vocal, not because defying Gravity only you got the bridge on defying Gravity. This you have you have to stay up there the entire time. And, like, I've heard other people sing it well live. It just, like, it doesn't fit Idina's range. Like, she, when she's performed it best, has performed it an octave lower. Which, yeah, I am not opposed. I think that you could, you should be able to transpose a song whenever you want. I think you should be able yeah. to transpose a song when you sing it. Even if you were the original singer, I think you should be able to transpose a song if you're an actor and a role is not particularly in your range if they can do it for Sutton Foster they can do it for anybody I think that would open the door for trans actors to be able to perform that's a whole separate rant I am not opposed to um transposing 
but it's just like that's the thing though is every time I've heard her sing it live and it be good it's because yeah. she's the lower key yep do you remember when she performed it on New Year's Eve like at the yes on the televised thing and it was bad yeah <laughs> that was embarrassing uh you know, though, <laughs> if they'd had a chorus of of people singing fixer upper it would have been better would have been better um, um that's our rant about frozen yeah that's our rant about the oscars that year anyways <laughs> no but truly i feel like this is one of those ones where it's like what are we gonna say obviously we think it's a great win um what so i'm gonna move us along because we have something more exciting to do Oh, that's true. What is your letter grade for this movie? Give it an A. Yeah. I'm like honestly somewhere in between an A and an A plus. Like I don't give like any movie an A plus is the thing. And I'm not trying to sound okay. like okay. quirky, like, uh, like <laughs> um, but like no movie's perfect, but like no movie is perfect. Um and so I would never give any movie an A plus. I would give this a solid A. Um, yeah, yeah, I would. That's fair. I lied. I would give Twilight Moon an A plus, but like no movie. Yeah. So, um, see, I would give Inside Lewin Davis an A plus. Like I have no notes. Like mm, there's not a thing I would miss. But it's. I'm trying to think of like if there's any other movie. I wouldn't even give. Okay. No, I'd give Jurassic Park an A plus. Yeah, I'm like you would give Jurassic. What Park am I plus, talking about? Real. I would give Jurassic Park. An Let's a+. be real. Um. Yeah. No, but I'm yeah. still gonna give. I'm, I'm gonna give Twelve Years a Slave an A. All right. You know what? I'll go with an A+. Um, obviously, I don't, like, do I even need to ask? Like, do we think it's a great, fine, or bad Best Picture win? It's a great Best Picture win. Great Best Picture win. Not only, like, is it a great movie to have one Best Picture, but, like, also out of... Out of the winners was for not sure. being alongside, it's a great Best Picture win. Yeah. yeah. It's my number one of what we have talked about on this podcast thus far. Can um, I just say, like, real quick, looking at, like, because yes. I'm looking at where it says films to multiple nominations... Yeah, so wasn't nominated for best picture, but like got multiple nominations. But I actually what? really liked um, August Osage County. Yeah, that's yeah, that's movie. fair. Yeah, some good too. this is what I'm saying. Like there were good movies that year. They just, yeah, it's it's something. But this is a very exciting moment because we have gotten through enough of our like uh things that we picked in our first draw mm -hmm. um of names um of films so we get to pick more um movies that we'll be talking about on here so i've shared my screen lex so that you can see it yep. so that your reactions aren't like delayed to mine so we are going to spin for five more and that way we like kind of know what's coming of what we still have we still have moonlight left to do but we need right. you know more films to be able to plan ahead so our first um pick from today oh my god this is scary oh god you can't take it with you you can't take it with you <gasps> I love that party. okay okay hold on i'm i'm like i need to pause really quick because i need to write these down so we don't forget them <laughs> Um, okay, so you can't take it with you. All right, that's hey. that's a great pick. I'm also just excited because I was like, we need to get some more like change in what years we're <laughs> doing. Okay. Our number two one is oh <laughs> my fair lady. My fair lady. Oh, that's gonna be a fun one. We're gonna have a lot to discuss there. 
Um, I love y'all Audrey Hepburn. Y'all aren't ready for two Audrey Hepburn Broadway girls discussing My Fair Lady. Um, all right. Number three is... The Lord of the Rings! No. Oh, it's baby. It almost was. I got it's, so excited. Your, your wheel like hovered at lord of the rings it really did and then i was oh god million okay i thought it was gonna be chicago and then i thought it was gonna be lord of the rings and it was million dollar same which is and i was about to be like wow it is a theater uh theater um all right all right let's see here's number four it is it would be really funny if it was that now oh 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 Oh. in 1930 all quiet on the western front on the western front it said one for you, Nicole. Um, I'm really excited. That's actually like, like really. I feel cool. like last um, last time we got like all more recent movies, and now we're getting like all all older, older ones, which is kind of cool. Like I'm yeah. here for it. All right, last one for this time, not like last one ever. <laughs> all right, who is it? Oh, oh, I got really excited. Uh, oh, oh, oh my Okay, I all about Eve is one of my favorite. Oh, I just yelled so loud! I made my dog bark. Um, hopefully you can't hear that. Um, I, I am so excited because all about Eve is actually like one of my favorite best picture winners of all time. Um, this is this is a good set of films. Okay, so for anyone who is uh, listening along, the ones that we have like left in our in our list to talk about are um, Moonlight from last time that we spun so that's what will be coming up next but then you can't take it with you which i've never actually seen i've seen um, the play i've never seen the movie yeah and then my fair lady which obviously we've both seen right um and million dollar baby which i've also not seen i've never seen million dollar baby okay so i like that we have one that's going to be or two that are going to be new for both of us yep. um all quiet on the western front which i obviously have seen but i've not seen it since the new film came out so i'm mm-hmm. very excited to revisit it i know lex is not a war film girly nope but i watched um, the 1931 with you um back in october oh yeah you and i did watch that yeah together. um and then all about eve which have you seen all about eve oh yeah i love all about okay eve. okay that's what i figured which is like a fave of both of ours so dude do you know that, who that's did really... the um mm, do you know who did the screenplay for million dollar baby who paul haggis no another paul haggis film are you joking me uh are you oh my god not me looking up william doll william hello million dollar baby and the top question being why was million dollar baby controversial oh (laughs) oh million dollar baby has already been criticized for its stereotypical uh and singular view of disability and the violence it does by seemingly advocating that people with disabilities be euthanized excuse me (laughs) and it has clint eastwood in it are you joking this is i wanted some dog millionaire what okay this is truly the price that we're paying for like he's a million dollar baby Anthony, my my man, it's it's giving Don Cheadle. Yeah, <laughs> like Anthony Mackie, my man, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, Harry, but truly, I, what are you doing here? 
I feel like this is the price that we pay for Michael Pena's in Million Dollar Baby. This is crap. Michael Pena. No. Okay, truly, Paul Haggis, leave our man alone. <laughs> but no, like this is the price that we pay for getting all about Eve and My Fair Lady. Um, Next time we don't freaking get um, some Doug Maynard. I'm gonna be upset. I know, I know, but you know what is exciting? When you we can't get take it with some you. Doug Maynard? I mean, not true, but we get a Jimmy Stewart movie. Oh, so true. So you know? true. And a Frank Capra movie. Like, I so love true. Frank Capra. I love Frank Capra. I love Jimmy Stewart. Um, and and it's, I get to, okay, I get it's to show Stewart. the listeners my great Jimmy Stewart impression. You do. And it's Frank Capra and Jimmy Stewart pre It's a Wonderful Life, which is kind of fun. So, like, and pre it's the year before Mr. Smith goes to Washington. So, oh, like, okay. we can just talk about Jimmy Stewart, and we're going to have a great old time. Um, great old time. We're, we're going to have a grand time. It's got Lionel Barrymore, too. Oh, my God. Wait. Arthur. Wait, look at that. This is, um, okay. a great time. Yeah. We're, so, see, this going to be good, okay? Um, But, yeah, so truly get excited for those. <laughs> I am really excited for You Can't Take It With You. Like, I just pulled up the Wikipedia page, and it has one frame of a young James Stewart, and I'm like, let's go! <laughs> I would marry James Stewart. We know. I, would. I, I said we him. know. The The listeners might not know that. I know. The listeners are probably, I feel like the listeners are probably, like, that tracks if they didn't yeah, know. Right. They're probably like, it, it does you track. seem like the kind of person who would marry James Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, like, I feel like if I ever have to explain your type of men to someone, like, I just... Listen, my old Hollywood crushes are Jimmy Stewart and Danny Kaye. And I feel like that tells you everything you need to know. It literally says everything that anyone could ever need to know. So what's the Jimmy Stewart to Eddie Munson pipeline? That needs to be. No, there is no Jimmy Stewart to Eddie Munson pipeline. There is only the Jimmy Stewart to Joseph Quinn pipeline. Uh, And that that makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. And you know who my Stranger Things crush was before Eddie Munson was Steve Harrington? And that also like there's a Jimmy Stewart to Steve Harrington pipeline. Yeah. Which because I also okay, no, what what's weird is that I feel like it makes sense because I also have such a thing for Jimmy Stewart and for Steve Harrington. And I feel like we're like on two opposite sides of the pipeline. We are on two sides of that pipeline. Yeah. But but I love that for us. Yeah. I really genuinely love that for us. I don't love that we're gonna have to watch another Paul Hackett's film. I really Um, don't. Um but my fair lady will also be fun to talk about. Yeah, my fair lady will be will be good. So it'll it, it'll it'll all even out, right? We just have to do. Did Cabaret yeah. win best musical, or did I make that up? Win best musical. I'm sorry, picture. I. It, so Cabaret did win best musical. Yes. Um, well, that I was like, you're asking me two different questions here. I no, I was thinking about. Um, I don't know what made me think. Why do I feel like Cabaret m- might have at least been nominated? Oh, it was yeah, nominated, but it didn't win. Yeah. For a second, I was, I was like, like, are we going to get to talk about Cabaret? Um, I oh, if only. I love Cabaret. Um, it's a weird film, but unfortunately, we are not going to get to talk about it. Do you remember how disappointed we were that it wasn't? Um, what What is the word I'm looking for? 
It suddenly can't speak that it wasn't Lord of the Rings that it landed on, and we didn't even know at that moment that it was four million. Film. <laughs> it was uh, where was it instead? Was it was that one million dollar baby or that was million dollar baby? Can you imagine? I mean, I mean, I guess like we were gonna have to cover it at some point. Yeah. So just get out of the way. Um, That's true. That's true. But yeah, season one having both the Paul Haggis, there better not be another. <laughs> Hang on, please hold while I oh, Paul Haggis' Wikipedia page real quick. I will not be able to hand- like genuinely in our next drawing. If there is a third Paul Haggis film, I'm taking it out because we can't do it. <laughs> I think so. Um, I'm trying to look. Okay, I think. I think. This is the only other one, I think. Okay, thank God. Thank God, because it truly. Here's so. How I couldn't handle it. many <laughs> best picture nominations has Paul Haggis directed? Though he didn't direct Million Dollar Baby, Clint Eastwood did. Oh, it just got worse. <laughs> um, okay, so, all right, Academy Awards. He's a nominee for Letters from Iwo Jima, but that didn't win Best Picture, I don't think. Crash and Million Dollar Baby. Okay, it's just, yeah, no, that was it. Unless okay. Letters from Iwo Jima won, but I don't think it did. I don't think it did. I don't, I'm going to be real. I don't know the Best Picture winners of the 2000s. Yeah, I hold on i'm i'm pulling up my list <laughs> from iwo jima okay no it didn't win we're fine we're fine good, good, good. so this is the last paul haggis we can oh um, god all right we're getting that out of the way okay. also it's you know what it's gonna give crash competition for last place in our ranking thus far so that will be we can discuss which one's worse i have so. a weird feeling that million dollar baby is actually gonna be worse i, I do too because of the clint eastwood of it all but you know we can, I can go on my rant about how I hate Clint Eastwood. It'll be great. Exactly. Like, well, uh, listeners, y'all have that to look forward to. <laughs> exactly. Aren't you excited? Aren't you just <laughs> hanging on the edge of your seat? I can't wait. We sure are. Anyway, <laughs> Nicole, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me yelling about how much I hate Clint Eastwood um, on Instagram, Letterboxd, and Twitter at Nicole Ackman 16 and you can find me on TikTok at NicoleBrittany16. You can find me on the internet writing George Bailey fanfiction. Um, <laughs> I would read it. <laughs> and, man, George Bailey, what a man. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry, I got distracted. Um, no, I really got distracted. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at @luxwilly w i l l i underscore, and then on TikTok at, at @moonshoeslexi. Um, thank you for joining us with this uh, very special edition of Best Picture Rewind. Join us next week when we talk about Moonlight, um, which was the uh, Best Picture winner that almost wasn't because Faye Dunaway can't read. <laughs> Until next time, have a good one. <laughs>